Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sawbones. It's Marital Tour of Misguided Medicine. And I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. What was with that sort of... I don't know. Sing-songy I'm just so excited because it is the Max Fun Drive. It is. The time of year that we come to you and say, hey, we are destitute and you're the only thing keeping us off the streets. It's it's really more like, hey, we need your help. Maximumfun.org forward slash join. We are part of a... Uh, listener-funded network. That means that we come to you and say, hey, could you pledge $5, 10 $20 a month to help us make the shows that we make? You pay for other stuff that you like, and this is no different. We just don't make you pay for it like some of the the big streaming subscription services. You know, we're more like a pay pay what you can kind of deal. Exactly, because we want everybody to be able to enjoy the stuff we make, but it really helps us out if you do enjoy it, if you can give us a little bit of money every month so that we can keep making our shows, making more of them, and make them better. Improve uh, our equipment, improve our research materials, give everything more time. All of those things are improved with your help. Yeah, There's gifts. So like $5 a month, you get um, a bunch of bonus content, like 15 days worth of bonus content. We've recorded many bonus episodes over the years. One is a, um, uh, this year's is a special. Uh, Charlie is the is, is the guest host instead yeah. of Justin, and she reads questions from uh, children in our listening audience, or children known to our listening. Children sent it's these great. questions. It's fun. There's lots of great fun stuff on there. And there's other guests we're going to talk about them in the middle of the show, but right now I, we would ask you, this is our last episode of The Drive if you haven't done it yet, this is your moment. Maximumfund.org forward slash join. Thank you very much in advance. I know you're going to do the right thing and give us your support. So thank you. Thank you for support in advance. Sid, who are we talking about this week? What's going on? What's happening in the big, big medical world out there? Uh, Justin, I, I feel like that because we're all excited, it's the Max Fund Drive, we want to, we, I don't know, it's a fun time. Maximum the fun maximum time. fun time. Uh, that this would be a good time to share with you a story that I have uh, become familiar with recently, thanks to a listener, Roman, who sent an email with a story and some newspaper clippings, original newspaper. Gosh, I love those. Yeah. Is there anything better than finding an original newspaper article about the thing you're researching? Oh, boy, don't get me started on the delight of original newspaper clippings. You used to have to go to the library and load that stuff up, stuff up on a microfilm you know, microfiche. Microfiche. <laughs> and uh, and scan through it, which I did enjoy. I don't get oh, me yeah. wrong. There the is a the scene. W- w- we're up. 
oh, forget about it. And it was dark and calm. And you're like sexy looking into the past through that screen. Oh, boy. I, I do miss that. Now, you now like a lot of that's on computer. So it's on your web. computer. These kids today won't appreciate it. And so some of those articles uh, Roman sent me, and that was a great jumping off point to learn more about uh, Harry. I am certain this is Benno. I want it to be Bino. I'm pretty I sure think, it's Benno. <laughs> but I wish it was Bino. Harry Benno, the Poison King. I tell you, when I sat down to write my notes... Uh, I started composing the ballad of Harry Benno, the boy, the Poison King, which was the did. total wrong direction to go. It's still a work in progress, but okay. well, I'm looking forward to it. May- maybe, maybe we could, maybe I don't know. Maybe that's a stretch goal. Yeah, we can put it up as a bon- as bonus content. <laughs> as bonus content, we can we can record the ballad of Harry Benno, the Poison King. Uh, you're gonna have to come up with music to it. I just have lyrics. Anyway, we all set out. What about this? No, it's I had a sea shanty in my head. That's no, that's a Christmas carol. Oh, sorry. That's Deck the Halls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I hear it now. There are some tonal similarities just in the harmonics. No, I'd been listening to Great Big Sea when I was doing my notes and that it's like that sort of vibe was in my head as I started composing. Anyway, we set out as children on a quest to find our, our unique skills and talents, our place, our niche, where we belong in the world, what, what our contribution to human history may be. Uh, Harry Benno born in Muncie, Sometime in the mid-1800s. I got to tell you, for some of these people, it's really hard to nail down concrete details. <laughs> Even with news, original newspaper articles. Yeah. Um, but uh, Harry, I think I think that's because in the beginning of Harry's life, um, I, he was probably just doing the usual, usual stuff. Um, not necessarily uh, making headlines, you know. Mm-hmm. Not newspaper article fodder. Um but then one day he was out on the road. He was sort of a wanderer, mm. just sort of um, wandering around the country looking for stuff to get into, I Poison, guess. I guess. <laughs> not yet. Not He's okay. not there yet. Uh, he's out on the road. He's traveling. He's hungry. He stops at a farmhouse for a bite to eat. Asks the kindly, kindly farmer's wife, could I have some chow? <laughs> Is and that what he says? Can I have some chow? I don't, know. I don't have a record of exactly what he said, so. Okay, we'll go with that. In my ballad, he says, can I have some chow? Um, so he he asks for some food, and the farmer's wife gives him some tea and some some cookies or biscuits. The A lot of the articles refer to them as biscuits, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting because they were, I mean, th- this is all like Midwestern yeah. is where all this happened. So this wasn't overseas. Anyway, so he got some biscuits. He ate it all because he was really hungry, okay? Okay. And then the farmer's wife comes rushing back in and is like, oh, no, no, no. Did you already eat all those cookies? And he's like, yeah, I was starving. And she's like, oh, no. One of them was laced with strychnine. We've all been – wait, why did she lace one of them with strychnine? Uh, It was supposed to be put in the attic for the rats. I've heard several versions. You shouldn't make those at the same time. <laughs> I've heard several versions of this. This is the one that I enjoyed the most. There was you another just put version. An M in that one, where and he, you're like, this one is the. Gotta remember the one with the M M. 
is poison. There was one version where he just found a piece of bread and was hungry, and he ate the piece of bread, and it had been soaked in strychnine and left That's somewhere. Something. That's like for the at rats. least I could see like something. One way or another, here's Harry. He's eaten all these cookies or the piece of bread, whatever. He now knows it's laced with strychnine. Mm-hmm. So these are his final moments. Yeah. I mean, imagine that feeling. What does he do now? Like he's sitting there. And I I was trying to picture what's going through your head. Are you, are your, is your life flashing before your eyes? Are you filled with regrets? (laughs) All the things you haven't done? Or are you just like, was he sitting there just like satisfied? Like, you know what? I did it. I did everything I wanted to do on this earth. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel good about it all. And I embrace my fate. Floor cookies. <laughs> I ate a few. I, maybe he got really drunk. I don't know. You that know, seems like a good option. Maybe if I had eaten so much floor bread, I wouldn't have ended up like this, but that's not a life worth living. I just love to eat whatever scraps of food <laughs> open to my fail of you like a, a golden retriever. So he waited. And time passed. Mm. And he was okay. Whoa. And after about an hour... It seemed pretty clear Harry was going to live. Not only was Harry going to live, he was fine. No, no, no worries here. No effects. Yeah, he was totally, he was totally okay. Which I know at this point, if you, if you listeners are like me, you may be thinking, well, maybe he didn't actually eat one of the ones that had strict, maybe like they, these were the fine biscuits and the strict nine biscuit was already in the attic. And maybe this didn't really happen. Okay. Right. Like, don't. It may have just been a story he came up with. Yeah. Well, it could have been that, or it could have been that, like, she was like, oh, I think one of those had strychnine in him, but actually it didn't. But that doesn't matter because he had evaded death and he'd found a new career path all at once. Poison, poison related. He he had entered that farmhouse, Harry Benno, hungry for biscuits. (laughs) And he emerged from that farmhouse, Harry Benno, the poison king. Who could still go for a biscuit? Who could still go for a biscuit? Well, almost. He wasn't quite the Poison King yet. Uh, He he was still sort of wandering the country. I said, like I said at this point, just kind of like looking for you know, looking for work, looking for biscuits, whatever, (laughs) looking for floor bread, (laughs) whatever he could find. And he actually um, got arrested soon after this in Richmond, Virginia, for vagrancy. He would get arrested for vagrancy several times throughout his life. Um, and he spent 10 days in jail. And while he was in jail is when the idea solidified. Like he was recounting the story to his cellmates of eating the strychnine and how he was fine and how amazing it was. And it was through this that he had the, I mean, I guess like you get a lot of time when you're behind bars to contemplate. Not a lot of great stories in there, you know. So, so he was in, he was in jail for 10 days when he came out, he set out to a pharmacy to buy poison. So he Hi, went. Hi, could you direct me <laughs> to the poison, please? I would like all your, all your finest poisons, good sir. The nasty stuff. So he bought strychnine, but he wanted to, I mean, if you, if you're fine with one, maybe you can tolerate them all. You're going to go to town, you might as well go to Lincoln. So now what exact poisons? I don't know. A lot of the articles just say like the deadliest poisons known to man, the worst poisons he could find, the, you know, that sort of thing. I don't know. I couldn't find like an exact recounting of others other than strychnine is definitely among them. Other poisons. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, But he bought a bunch of poisons and then he ate them. Just ate them. Gobbled <laughs> them just, right up. He ate them. 
Um, and I mean, this is his story, by the way. This is like he is the source for this. Mm. So according to Benno, mm. he bought some poisons, he ate the poisons, and he was fine. So so he knew he could do this, you know, eight shows a week okay. <laughs> at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, he had he had previously worked occasionally with like circuses as a laborer. Like since he did sort of just travel about, he would sometimes hook up with like a traveling carnival or circus or something and work just, you know, carrying heavy stuff or whatever. And so he knew like from that experience, he knew the value of a good sideshow act. Mm-hmm. And he knew that this had that kind of potential. Um, a guy who could eat lots of poison. So he started touring with circuses as a sideshow. Come mm-hmm. see Harry Benno, the poison king, who can eat poison. <laughs> if you like. And then watch to see if he dies. Imagine that show, because that's what it is. You watch a guy eat something. And then everyone wait. And I, then you just wait to see if I he dies. I feel like he's got to have some other bits. You got to have something <laughs> You need going. a patter. You need patter. You need a song, maybe. A little song, a little dance, a little seltzer in your pants. Something. Well, I don't I don't know. At the Initially, he was just... I, you know what? He probably told this story. That was probably part of it because the story seems so entrenched along with the, you know, the what actually happened that yeah. he probably would eat the poison. He would sell you a ticket. You'd watch him eat some poisons. He would tell you about why he's not going to die. And then eventually you'd realize, you know, an hour had passed or whatever and he was still alive and you figure, well, it worked. Um, but like anyone in showbiz will tell you, you, you can't let your act get stale. No, no, no. I've, I've, I, hey, listen, you're telling me. It's got to stay fresh. If you're going to keep selling tickets and you're going to keep finding um, more people who like it nasty, <laughs> who are, who are looking for a good sideshow where a guy <laughs> eats a bunch of poison. And like, I don't, I didn't find, cause, you know, my mind was immediately like, well, was anybody verifying that it was poison? Yeah. You know, was there yeah. like, I don't, I don't have record of like a doctor standing there to like evaluate everything and be like, mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm, this or a pharmacist, like, yep, that looks like poison. And then he would eat it. And then afterwards, like examining him and saying, like, he looks fine, like his heart's it's feeding. Fine. He's, you Not know, dead. he's breathing still. You can see he just talked to you. Um, so he could only eat strychnine for so many people. Before they began to lose interest. So that he realized at some point, you know, being the poison king is all well and good, but I'm going to have to up my game and find other acts, other things to do to keep people interested. Yeah. And I want to tell you what he did next. Mm-hmm. But first, first, I want to tell our listeners. Yes. About the Max Fun Drive. The Max Fun Drive is a special time of year where we do it. We only do it once a year. And we come to you and we say, hey, do you like the stuff we make? Would you mind giving us some money for it? Because that would really help us out a lot. And we do use your contributions to uh, pay for equipment is one Mm -hmm. thing. Hosting fees. Um, We were able to pay uh, the taxpayers for use of their song medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Uh, We pay our editor, uh, Rachel. We pay a social media team with Sarah Davis and Shannon. We pay... uh, our art designer, Sarah McKay, like we, we use your donations to pay a lot of really wonderful people. So you're supporting them mm-hmm. in, in addition to, to our show, um, which I, we really appreciate. And it's very meaningful to us. In addition to paying for stuff like our kids clothes. Absolutely. <laughs> and well, food. and it helps I, on the research end for anyone out there who does research, you know, sometimes articles cost money. 
mm-hmm. um, especially getting like original source material and texts that all that stuff costs money and it makes it a lot easier for me to access a lot of good quality research so that the shows are always fun, but also even more informative. And yes, 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 because I know it's all you care about. There are gifts. For $5 a month, you will get uh, a, a bevy, a flotilla, a cornucopia of bonus material. So many hours. Many, many hours. There's like 10 bonus sawbones up there. Just go check them all out. If you've never listened to them, they're new to you. Uh, if you can pledge $10 a month, you get the bonus content, but you're also going to get a beautiful patch of your choice, one of 35 embroidered patches uh, designed by Merritt Bondero from uh, Frog and Toad Press. Um, and you could put them on your backpack or on your jeans. Or your denim jacket. Denim jacket, whatever you, whatever you want to do. All those looks are in. Yeah, that's it's very so cool. in right now. For uh, $20 a month. There is a Max Fun Creativity Pack, which has like modeling clay and some cool pencils and and other stuff, or a lovely embroidered rocket hat. Plus, you get the patch and the bonus content. And at thirty five dollars a month, there's a Max Fun Messenger bag, and the Creativity Pack or hat, and the embroidered patches, and a letterpress Max Fun membership card that comes at the ten dollar level as as well. I should have I should have mentioned. And uh, and all the bonus content. So there's like lots of lots of fun ways to say thank you. If you are already a donor, we thank you. If you can upgrade to one of these levels, you will get all these gifts. If you can't go to the next level, we have a thing now called boosting, where you can just say, "Hey, I picked up a new show, or I had some fortune on the financial end of things. I think I'm going to boost up a little bit." And you can uh, just kick in a few extra bucks a month if you're not ready to go to the, to the next level above yours. We'll take whatever you can. Whatever you can swing is is amazing for us. Yes, we really appreciate it. Every 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 bit helps. Uh, it does. At maximumfund.org forward slash join is the is the website to go do that. And uh, if you've held out, this is uh, our last episode of the drive, and it really sets the tone and makes it possible for the rest of the year. This is our one chance, and it is your one chance. Because you'll probably forget in a little bit. So do it right now. Maximumfund.org forward slash join. Thank you sincerely from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, now, Sydney, we were about to evolve. Yes. Harry Bino. Beno. 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 So, Justin, the na- what's the natural really place to go? It's hard to not go? say Harry Bino. I know. In my head, Beno. it's Harry Bino. Um, so, okay. If you've been eating poison as a stage act, what's the, what's the next place you go? Knife swallowing? Mm, you'd think so, but no. <laughs> I, mean, I guess then? you would think, I don't know. Uh, you bury yourself alive. Ah, okay. Yeah. So that was that his next trick. That makes sense now, that tracks. Yeah, that was his next trick. He, uh, on June 28th, 1898, he was, and I, I should say, I don't know exactly when the first time he buried himself alive was. A lot of this is, like, there are sightings of him that pop up through, like, newspaper articles and things like that from the time period. So who knows when he first tried it. My dad froze himself in a block of ice once. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, he, money for the Ronald McDonald house. He did live to tell the tale. We hope. He's upstairs right now. Unless it's a McElroy-shaped ghost. I hope not, because that ghost is watching our four-year-old. That's true. <laughs> uh, so he so he buried himself June 28th, 1898, in the arena in Maple Grove, uh, go, <laughs> Maple Grove Garden in Muncie. He stayed down in the coffin with not, no food or drink, nothing. He had a tube 
so he could breathe. So he did have that. Yeah, that's a little. Is that cheating? Yeah, you need air. <laughs> Gosh, what a wimp. I don't know. So he had a tube that would carry air from the surface, and he stayed down there eight days, and then he was dug up. Mm-hmm. That is a long time. It's a long time. I mean, there's going to be, it's not going to be a good smell when that comes out. Let's say it that way. <laughs> Mr. Beast did that, and I don't remember how long not he was eight down days. there. I don't think he was Certainly. down there for eight I think days. he made it like 30 hours. And he had stuff down there. He had like drinks and yeah. things. Anyway, uh, after a brief spell of confusion, that's what was reported. Like he came up and he seemed sort of dazed. <laughs> Makes sense. I would think, yeah. Probably all the dehydration and starvation. Uh, yeah. Um, but then he ate a cracker and he seemed okay. And he won a hundred bucks from uh, the newspaper who bet him he couldn't do it. Wow. So impressive. Yeah. So a, a good a good trick. The weirdest part of this particular story, which is already a weird story. Is he ate a lot of poison down there, but just for fun because he was <laughs> hungry and it's the only food he likes anymore. <laughs> no, while he was down there. So like I said, he had a tube for breathing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the other part of it is people were cut were paying to come see him and so drop, they could and drop jelly down the tube <laughs> well they could talk to him oh uh, okay so they could talk to him down there and ask him how things were going and he could prove he was still alive i guess that was a big part of it was to say like i'm still alive although you know if it doesn't if it doesn't work out good news is you pop the tube out he's done <laughs> it's, it's all <laughs> it's all good it's very streamlined uh, very efficient <laughs> um so he, he used the tube for talking to people. And one person, anybody could come to, at this point, by the way, it was come talk to the freak of Muncie. <laughs> the poison king, the Poor freak guy. of this Muncie. Was the, I, didn't, I am not calling him this as he was known in part as the freak of Muncie. Um, and one woman named Grace came every day while he was buried underground to lay flowers on his grave. I like that. And talk through the tube to Harry underground. And I don't know what their conversations were about, but... How how is it in there today? Pretty cramped. How are you? (laughs) Oh, above ground, you know, the usual. How's the weather down there? I don't have weather. We've covered this, Grace. (laughs) It's a box. So Harry and Grace... Oh, hold on. I'm pooping. Oh, no. Walk away. (laughs) Oh, God. It's everywhere. Grace. Don't look at me like this, Grace. Get away from the tube. I don't think he told Grace that sort of thing. And the reason I don't think so is that after he was, you know, resurrected, um, him and Grace got married that same week. (laughs) (laughs) So whatever, whatever transpired between the two while he was underground, it resulted in love. That is beautiful. Uh, that's a meat. That's a meat cute if I've ever heard one. So they would. So they traveled together for a while as he continued to try to find new, new, wilder, nastier stunts. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Benno is to back and he's nastier than ever. Welcome, Muncie. Um, the next, the next thing he started doing. So he was still eating poison. He was still. He buried himself alive quite a bit. That was actually a. That became a standard part of his act. Like just at intersections and stuff. He just. Buried himself there. Anyway, he also began driving nails and shoemakers' awls into his skull as a way to make headlines. Mm. Like he would hammer a nail into his skull and be fine. And the crowd would go wild. Which would be, I mean, I will say, like, that would be a wild thing to see somebody do on stage. Yeah. That would be something else. Yes. And he did that. Um, Now, 
as a result of this, he had many trips to the doctor. So these these become part of his story at this point. Is like he'd do a stage show where he would hammer something into his head and live to tell about it. But then he'd have to go find somebody to like pull it back out. <laughs> um, you would think you would teach yourself that skill, right? Like that is something that you would try to learn how to do. I I have I have accepted that over time, medical documentation has changed a great deal. Um, especially, and a lot of that is in like what I think of as a negative way. Everybody's so crunched for time and the electronic medical record makes it so easy to just sort of like use templates and things that a lot of the narrative art of medical documentation is gone. Um, some people still do it, but like for the most part, that's how, I mean, doctors used to write like stories about their patients. Like, like it would be like a journal of what the encounters they'd had and that kind of thing. That is certainly not the way that a, a medical doc, you know, a medical documentation would would be done today. Like a note that you would get generated while you were having an office visit, it would not look like they used to look. Um, and so, when I found this quote from Dr. J. F. Benny in 1900, who saw Harry um, after one of his performances and dug a steel nail out of his skull <laughs> for him. He said, and I just, I, gosh, I wish I could find this in a note today. You never would. Benno is a freak. <laughs> <laughs> Either he is a man with nerve to suffer pain without flinching or else his nervous system is so blunted as to be devoid of sensation. So this is one of the things that doctors started to theorize is that for some reason he didn't feel pain. Mm. And he doesn't report feel, uh, like any of this stuff he did to himself hurting. So, it's I interesting because like, you would think... <laughs> I mean, the poison wouldn't hurt necessarily. Like, that doesn't really explain the poison thing, It doesn't right? explain the poison. Nobody could ever explain the poison. If, indeed, the poison was If that poison. was real. I think I think if you had asked most medical doctors, they probably would say, he's, is he, us. he's not really eating yeah. poison, right? Um, but but when it comes to the, the nails in the head, I mean, he really was hammering things into his skull and was totally fine and was reportedly— Which we've taken a pretty hard line here against uh-huh, on the show. Uh-huh. And reportedly not in pain— so, I mean, there's something to be said for that. I, that is unusual. I, you know, and so, I mean, did he have some sort of, like, insensitivity to pain syndrome? Perhaps. Perhaps he did. Um, he continued to do these acts and visit doctors. Uh, he Because of these things, and especially the burying himself alive, he would occasionally, there would be an article written that he was dead, and it wasn't true. <laughs> um, he just was, you know, had buried himself again. Um he was once uh, buried alive at the Union Point, Georgia Corn Carnival, and um, that led to widespread rumors that he had died. Um, that his death, like people mourned his death in the newspaper and wrote obituary, and, but he had not died. Oh, okay. He was still alive. Um, and in Joplin, Missouri, once he drove some uh, nails into his skull and was fine and started to go to a doctor and then decided he'd learned his lesson about doctors and went to a car mechanic instead to have him. <laughs> probably get probably get a cut, right? I mean, right? It's got to be a little cheaper than going to the doctor, although some of these mechanics around here, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, in Joplin, Missouri, after he had driven some nails into his head, he decided, you know, the doctors aren't as good at doing this kind of thing. So he went to a mechanic instead to have the nails removed. <laughs> sure. Well, it's probably get a cut, cut right? Yeah. Get a discount. Although, so with some of these mechanics around here, I mean, maybe not. Some of these guys are charging through the nose, let me tell you. 
I I just think it's because we don't understand anything about cars. It's probably not car- actually. You know, at this time period, it's probably not car mechanics. It's probably like yeah, just cats that fix Other equipment, fix things. Yeah. yeah, people who know nails better than doctors. <laughs> Nobody knows nails um, better than doctors. And and of course, he was occasionally run out of places for vagrancy. Um, hazard of the hazard of the trade. He did. He would do in some of these exhibitions. Uh, he would nailed himself to the ground. He would also Can't hold me away <laughs> if I'm nailed to the ground. He would also let other people in the audience nail things into him. Like there was one where a doctor actually like drove a nail into his arm um, while people watched and things like that. First, do no harm unless it's for the walls. I, I guess. I don't. First, well, do no harm I mean, unless you're on stage. We definitely had the oath back then. Um, <laughs> But what was it's more of a, a loose suggestion than an oath. But what was strange is that he would do this and not, I guess, be in any pain. I mean, like he would exhibit no pain. Um, but uh, but uh, and and like not just his head. Like this was like in his arm. He let somebody do this. Um, yeah. Uh, and I should mention later on he did. There was one other poison that was eventually mentioned. Belladonna would be the beginning of his act. He would dissolve some belladonna in some water and drink it. To, like, mm. start things off before the hammers and nails came out. <laughs> Maybe that just loosens you up a little bit. So, uh, eventually, now, one, one thing that, as you may have predicted, all of this would drive a wedge in his marriage. Um, um, in part because she probably was like, I don't want you to, like, die. die. Um, but also, she just felt he was so obsessed with fame and stardom and publicity and that that was really all he wanted was to just do something wilder to get more attention you know and wasn't giving her enough attention and then also um she once said that he slept all the time (laughs) which i don't know if that's from all the poison and hammering things (laughs) in your head (laughs) what do you what do you what do you want to do go jogging um eventually and like they would they were Sometimes reported as separated, but then also she'd pop up in hospital, like reports that he was in the hospital and she was by his side. So I don't know. Tumultuous affair. Yeah. Anyway, uh, eventually, this is not shocking. The end would come after one performance for poor Harry Benno uh, in Kansas City. He was doing his act there and uh, he had never listened to an episode of Sawbones. Podcast hadn't been admitted yet. Mm-hmm. And so he he did indeed. He didn't drill a hole in his head, but he punctured a hole into his head a little too far that time. Oh. Yeah. And after a course in the hospital, he did indeed pass away. I assumed he'd die peacefully of old age at 90. This is wild. No, he died from hammering a, an awl into his head. <sighs> yes. Um, the One of the newspaper headlines was, Man with sponge head passes away. Tasteful. <laughs> Uh, they called him Benno the Wonder. Benno the Wonder has you died. Think that's what they'll say when Mr. Squarepants dies? Man with sponge head passes away. Why would SpongeBob have to die? Why did SpongeBob have to die? I <laughs> no, asked myself. I mean, why would, why, I asked myself that every like, day, We Sid. could just like. Because he's mortal, honey. I'm sorry to be the one no, to break it to you. But, but he's fictional. We could just keep him alive forever. There's no need to kill him off. Yeah, but eventually the, the story has to move forward. I don't think the story of Spongebob needs to move forward. Are they even making Spongebob anymore? Probably, yeah. Um, I I will say after he died, of course, doctors wanted to examine him to try to figure it out. And, like, they couldn't find anything specific that would have explained the poisons. Um, But they did notice that his skull was thicker 
than the average humans, mm. at least based on their measurements at the time. So maybe that was why he was able to drill, like hammer so many things into his skull without harming himself until he finally took it too far. Um, but they did note that. And he did have multiple holes in his skull. So like he was doing it. That wasn't a trick. Who knows about the poison, but that was not a trick. Huh. Um, the The Minneapolis Journal wrote after he died, many a man has said that if he could see Benno puncture his head with an awl, he would not take a ticket to a public hanging. Surely a life like this has not been lived in vain. I don't exactly understand all the <laughs> ramifications of that statement, but God bless you, Benno. I don't know if, if, like, at the time, it was a big problem that everybody wanted to see public hangings, and so there was a, like, maybe... The kinder, gentler version of that was watching Benno put holes in his head. Well, maybe don't do public hangings That's instead option. of like trying to decrease demand for tickets to public hangings. Anyway, um it, I just want to know in addition to Roman sent me some original articles and you know that was a great jumping off point because there are there are some really fun newspaper articles from the time period that you can read uh, about Harry Benno, but there is also a chapter in a book called Wicked Muncie. Mm. Uh, by Keith Roysden and Douglas Walker, and that was that gave me a lot more context for Harry Benno's life because the newspaper articles are little snapshots, but that sort of gave me a better summary. Um, and it has a lot of other wild stories about Muncie. Who knew? So if you if you want to know about some weird stuff that's in happened Muncie. in Muncie through the years, every I think a lot of towns have that sort of like you could do the same about Huntington. You could mm -hmm. collect a, a number of wild stories about the history of Huntington. So if that's the kind of thing that floats your boat, um, I at least this chapter was very enjoyable. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I And thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And I want to make one last pitch. This is our last plea to you of the Max Fund Drive. If you haven't done it yet, please. We have a very ambitious goal that is seeming very far away right now, but we believe in you. We believe that you are the person that will go to your computer or phone, go to MaximumFun.org forward slash join and support the stuff that you like because it's the only way to keep that stuff coming. Um, if you can't do it, we get it. But if you can find a way to do five, ten, heck, even 20 or 35 bucks a month, it would really honestly be so helpful to us. There's a lot of people who depend on you. And if you can help us out, we would really appreciate it. So MaximumFun.org forward slash join. You get the bonus content. You get the patches. You, get the you know, the bags, the creative kits, all that stuff. But really, the important thing is that you're helping make great stuff get into the world. I, I think it's great. Yeah. Some, some of it's great. I'm hit and miss. But. Well, and you're listening, so you must think it's at least, you know. Passable. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, dude, for listening. Be sure to join us again next time for Sawbones. Until then, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.